Lord's Health System, one of the region's leading healthcare providers, proudly presents Lord's Health Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. As interventions for conditions of the joints, bones, and muscles improve, more people are able to get care for conditions that might once have been written off as inevitable or permanent. My guest today is Dr. Sean McMillanies, the chair of orthopedic sports medicine at Lord's Health System. Welcome to the show, Dr. McMillan. Tell us a little bit about the shoulder joint. It's a complicated joint with many, many movements. What goes wrong for the most part with the shoulder? Sure, Melanie. So you know, the shoulder is a ball and socket joint that basically works for two purposes. One's for stability and one's for power and strength. In our younger population under the age of 40, it's mainly more of an instability problem we see with tears to the labrum. But over the age of 40, we'll find attritional types of injuries to the rotator cuff. And it's important to classify our patients based on what their symptomatology is. People hear that word rotator cuff all the time. What is the rotator cuff? So the rotator cuff is actually a group of four muscles that act to give the shoulder power and stability. You know, there's four of them there, but the one that gets all the attention is something called the supraspinatus. It's in charge of giving you the ability to raise your arm over your head as well as carry things and keep things over your shoulder. So what goes wrong with the supraspinatus and the other muscles of the rotator cuff? Is this mostly acute hot injury, something that happens, or is it mostly chronic overuse from doing things too often or in a wrong way? Yeah, surprisingly, it's actually more of the latter. Uh, when we see someone that comes in with a rotator cuff injury, the majority of the time it's something that's been building for a period of time. And I give people the example of a crack in your windshield where you get the small chink in there, and then eventually it starts to propagate more and more and more. So there may be one sentinel event where maybe you had a fall that makes the shoulder start hurting more than it ever did before, but it's usually a pathology that's been building. Typically what we see is wear and tear that's been done from repetitive motion more than an acute trauma. So how would someone know if they've got a rotator cuff problem? They've got pain in their shoulder, maybe when they go to put a jacket on, or it's worse at night when they roll over. When is it time to come see you? Yeah, so like anything else, you know, we're going to get aches and pains that'll last for a couple days, but we tend to know our bodies better than anyone else. So people that have pain that they haven't experienced before that persists, and usually I say something that persists more than just a couple of days, is something to keep an eye on. You know, the biggest hallmark signs I point to is a dramatic loss in motion, or a dramatic loss in strength. You know, if yesterday you were able to, you know, pick up a, you know, a five-gallon jug and all of a sudden you can't now, you know, that's something to be concerned about. You know, activities of daily living, like you mentioned, putting on a jacket, being able to reach across your body to, to shower, those are all things that we'll see. And, and if they tend to uh, continue on at a more rapid decline, that's when I really want you to get in front of me so I can examine you and sort of pinpoint what we, what we see and what's going on. So what's the first line of defense? Dr. McMillan, do you use cortisone shots? Do you recommend anti-inflammatories? What do you do first? Yeah, so if someone, you know, if I'm, I'm giving them a consult uh, with the first time I see them or if I speak them over the phone, usually it's, it's anti-inflammatory properties, whether it's an oral anti-inflammatory uh, or a cream anti-inflammatory. Those work well. We tend to use a little bit of ice to calm down some of the inflammation. And then we really try to get to the root of what the problem is. More often than not, there's been an attrition of the muscles in the shoulder girdle, you know, the muscles in the back of the shoulder that tend to get a little soft. And what we'll do is we'll try to do a little bit of therapy to get the shoulder strong there. If that fails and they're uh, starting to progress down a, a negative spiral, 
we'll consider things like injections or imaging such as MRIs, but, you know, the staple is usually an X-ray and some sort of anti-inflammatory medicine, and that'll treat the majority of the symptoms we see, which is a bursitis. Does a rotator cuff injury heal itself, or if it's a tear, does this just generally not heal? You know, so that's a great point, and, and there's, it's really in the wording when we talk about rotator cuff tearing that matters. So if you look at an MRI of a patient, you might find someone has a full thickness tear. In a young, healthy person, that will not heal on its own, and that's when surgery is warranted. But there's a full spectrum of tearing outside of that, whether it's a half tear, a 50% tear, a 70% tear, a 20% tear, and that's where having you know, your, your doctor look at you and examine you and come up with an algorithm based on how to treat you, the individual, is warranted. Not every partial tear requires surgery, but some do, particularly if they fail to respond to conservative measures for more than three months. So then what would you do surgically? What are the interventions? Are we still opening up the shoulder? Are we using arthroscopic means? Are there many open repairs that you can do? Yeah, so again, there's an entire spectrum, but in my hands, the treatment's arthroscopic, um, and that's done through about three or four poke holes, about the size of your pinky nail. Generally, it takes about a half hour to 40 minutes to do, and when we're in there, we're looking for a couple things. We know that most patients that have a rotator cuff injury have some sort of bony spur that sort of is right where the rotator cuff tear is. This tends to lead to the recurrence of injury if we don't address it, so we'll remove the bone spur. From there, we'll evaluate the tissue and see is it a partial tear, a full tear, and what needs to be done. One of the great things about medicine is we're, we're in an age of advancing biologics, and I try to incorporate that into my practice. What I mean by that is no longer do we need to just do a full thickness rotator cuff repair on patients the way we used to, which had a six-month recovery. We're starting to add biologic agents to our rotator cuff repairs, which actually can cut the healing time in half. And it's really exciting to see the results we're getting with our patients. Dr. McMillan, how many cortisone shots can a person get before you say to them, it's enough now, we have to go in and do something about it? Yeah, so I get that question all the time. And, and, and the truth is, you're looking at the individual. Uh, but, you know, we try to limit maybe one injection before considering a surgical intervention, maybe two, depending on the pathology there. But what I tell patients is cortisone is meant to either work or not. And what I mean by that is, if I give you an injection for a bursitis, and we do a physical therapy program, and you get better, and it lasts. That, that's the purpose of the cortisone. But if the cortisone wears off in you know, three or four weeks, and you're right back to the same pain threshold, even in spite of the conservative measures we're doing, that's more of a Band-Aid end. And I don't want to just mask something that's going on. I want to treat the root cause of it. So I really look at the patient individually, and I try to limit it to one, maybe two, uh, depending on what their problem is. Now let's speak about prevention, because even in sports, they limit the amount of pitch because of shoulders for pitchers. There's overuse. People are sports-specific training. Even in golf, for the older population, they hit the ground once and they feel it up there in their shoulder. How can we prevent some of these rotator cuff and shoulder injuries and overuse problems that we're seeing? Absolutely. So, so when our younger patients, our, our kids, our high school guys, even our, our college guys, you know, the key is diversifying. Uh, we become a society where we're so focused on being the best at what we do that we're no longer playing different sports. And what's happening is we're not getting that muscle confusion. Instead, we're getting rote memory in our muscles. And we're finding that these overuse injuries tend to happen because we have muscle imbalances. If you use the same muscles over and over again and don't give them a break, it tends to lead to more of a rapid breakdown. So what I encourage in my younger athletes is, you know, playing baseball one season, maybe football or basketball another, 
and not doing the same sport year round. Uh, it was done, you know, for years and years and years in the past, and we had great athletes that were churned out in the major league, and I think that's still something to be said for that. Regarding our older patients, again, it's awareness, it's understanding that, you know, there's normal aches and pains we'll feel, and then there's something else that might be going on. Getting checked out by your physician, getting into a regimented strengthening program, whether it's on your own or in a, with a therapist, is really important. What we'll find is if we let our muscles go, particularly, again, the back muscles, uh, the upper shoulder muscles, those are the ones that will lead to problems down the road. So if we take our sports serious, we need to take our prehab serious as well, and that's keeping our shoulders strong. In just the last few minutes, Dr. McMillan, and it's so well put and such great information, please give your best advice for people about their shoulders, keeping them strong and healthy, and why they should come to Lord's Health System to see you. Sure. So, you know, keeping your shoulders strong is something, it's more than just words, it's understanding what can go wrong with the shoulder. So when I'm educating a patient, I advise them, you can get the same workout and the same strength in your shoulder by stopping at 90 degrees or stopping at shoulder height. We don't need to force our shoulders to go up over our head to get a good workout with a weight. In fact, I like to recommend a much lower weight and a higher repetition sort of workout, keeping it at shoulder height. In doing so, we limit the possibility of doing damage to our shoulder, but we also focus on strengthening our shoulder. You know, we're not training for bodybuilding competitions in most instances. Instead, we're trying to prepare our shoulder for day-to-day activities and for fun activities. And that's what we need to do is make sure we work all the muscles in our shoulder girdle and make sure we keep it at a safe level. Now, getting to your second point of your question, at Lourdes Health Systems here, we're really blessed with the ability to provide our patients with cutting-edge activities. We talked a little bit about this before, but we're using biologic activities, biologic agents, whether it's PRP injections where we use your own blood as a healing factor in a non-surgical way uh, to make our bodies regenerate, or whether it's in surgery using cutting-edge technologies through minimally invasive techniques to get you back to your sport and get you back to your life quicker. We don't want to see you down. We want to see you happy. And, you know, one of the things we provide here at Lourdes is individualized care where the doctor sees the patient, the doctor and the patient then design a program that will get them back to what their activity is. We're very close-knit here. We work well with our uh, physician assistants and our operating room team should the need arise. But our goal is to avoid the surgery for you if possible, and we think we do a good job of that. Thank you so much, Dr. McMillan. You're listening to Lord's Health Talk with Lord's Health System. And for more information, you can go to lordsnet.org. That's lordsnet.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.